The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a lead pipe lock-in for Parlay and Player Props. Go to parlayplay.io. Use a promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus today. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford. Coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Monday, the 7th of August, and we have a full card of games uh, across MLB for Tuesday, the 8th. Um, it is a three man show, but our third man will be joining us in a couple of minutes. However, uh, Mr. Lonte Smith is here. Lonte, uh, good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, man, I'm doing well. Uh, looking forward to breaking down this card. Uh, hopefully, we can have a better week. I haven't had the best uh, past few weeks on the bases, so hopefully, we can get back on track this week. Oh, man, I've been quite hot, you know. I know you don't want to hear it, but I've been going on all nah, week. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear. I'd, I'd rather it be one of us than, you know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I'm rooting for everybody, but, you know, it's good when the home team's doing good. That's good. Yeah, my little uh, lock and dog track is now up to 14 units, so for 1,400. 24 pounds, I think, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, bad start tonight, though. We took the... Uh, oh, yeah. There's one game <laughs> one game in play. Only ways up so far. Oh, see, Dodgerson, since we've been on air, Lonte, we are three runs closer to the Padres than we were. The Dodgers were leading five to nothing about 30 seconds ago. Um, and now the Dodgers have it back five to three. You said you took the over in that one as well. So yeah, yeah I took you're nine, well on think, your way. Uh, I think eight and a half and nine. I thought I thought it should be like nine and a half, ten. So went over both. Yeah, you'll be unlucky to lose from there. Yeah, uh, who was in? Mark was first in the chat. Uh, Mark Calderuso. Um, so good evening, Mark. Well done, TVDBJs. Yeah, Kason, Randy, Jay, Millie. Uh, good start of the week. Nice, enthusiastic start of the week. Like I say, we'll have. Um, We'll have Scott along. Uh, presently, he's going to be or minute or two. Uh, Randy was. What's Randy telling us? He was a San Diego away win from going eight for eight yesterday, up thirty units for August. Uh, go on, Randy. Why don't we hang up and get Randy on the show? It sounds like right. <laughs> that's where to go. Yeah. Right. Uh, Captain Tim was questioning my lack of a hat, which I didn't even realise I didn't have one on. To be honest, but yeah. I'm in desperate need of a haircut. Um, I've got jobs on Thursday and Friday, so I'll have to go uh, and get my haircut so I can look at least mildly presentable uh, for work on Thursday and Friday. Um, okay, where are we going to start tomorrow? We'll start with 6.40 Eastern first pitch. It's the Minnesota Twins at the Detroit Tigers. Uh, good pitching match of this one to start us off. We have Sonny Gray going for the Twins and Eduardo Rodriguez, left-handed pitcher, goes for Detroit. It's minus 125 on Minnesota. It is plus 108 for the Tigers and the total. It's at eight and a half. Lontier, you can lead us off. Yeah, so I like Minnesota in the under here. Um, I thought Minnesota had a pretty good weekend. They won four of the last five, five-plus runs in three of those games. Offensively, uh, they've been hitting the bar really well. Uh, Detroit's been up and down in their last five. Uh, in a series back in June, I think it was, uh, Minnesota took two of three. Two of those three games went under. Uh, I think we could see a similar outcome uh, to uh, tomorrow. I was about to say tonight. But um, Gray, I mean, he's been solid on the road, only allowed more than three runs once. Uh, he pitched well against Atlanta, the Dodgers, Houston, Baltimore, and Toronto. He had five earned runs combined in that stretch. So uh, he's more than capable of pitching against elite competition, so I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have any trouble with this Detroit lineup, who's, I mean, he's not a murderer's row, let's not kid ourselves, but uh, Rodriguez also, he's he's been a little bit, I guess, erratic four-plus earned runs in three of his last four home starts, all against below-average um, offenses. Now, Minnesota is right in between, I guess, if you want to say um, average at best, but right now, the way they're hitting the ball, uh, I, I, like them to, I like Minnesota to get it done, and I think we can see maybe a four- three type of game, three, two. I, I wouldn't be surprised at either outcome. 
Yeah, that's exactly my reading of it. Very much Minnesota, a little bit like Cleveland. Your starting point is always which team is going to win 4 3. That's where I was straight away. And when you see them play Detroit, you think, yeah, I'm happy with that. So you don't need to go too much further, especially when then you look at the names and it's Sonny Gray and it's uh, Erod going. Erod obviously had um, a little bit of shenanigans last week around the trade deadline. Uh, when he invoked his new trade clause. So I think he settled down, let the dust settle on that one, and he will very much be back to normal. Yeah, I think see this being a duel. I'm happy to see the under, because like I say, uh, it's going to be a 4-3 game. So yeah, under eight and a half is plenty good enough for me to get a winner yeah. uh, under our belt. 6.40 Eastern first pitch is the Washington Nationals at the Philadelphia Phillies. Josiah Gray draws the start for Washington. And Zach Wheeler goes for Philly. Uh, plus 250 on the Nationals, minus 285 on Philly. Um, total, I've seen at an eight or a nine, uh, whatever you fancy. Um, I'm going to ch- maybe call a little bit of an audible on here. As per usual, I handicap these without lines. Um, my pick was going to be Philly on the run line, but I'm going to change it to an over. That The, the price is too short. Now, uh, Josiah Gray, I quite like. Um, he's got a lot of ability, but he has he seems to have levelled out a bit lately. He's seven and nine on the year with a three fifty-four ERA, good numbers. Um you can't trust him on the road. He's sown in some of his best starts on the road, actually. Uh six innings scoreless at the Mets on his last rule stop. Um and yeah, I mean, Wheeler's been in great form for Philly. Seven and five with a three seventy-one ERA. Um, but a 276 ERA in his last five. He's only given up four end runs um, in 19 and one third um, in his last three starts. Josiah Gray, 249 on the road, and he's got a 268 ERA in seven starts against NL East opposition. The more I talk, the more I'm talking myself out of this as well. Um, Philly scoring runs, though. I've watched Philly quite a few times. They've been at a, a UK-friendly time this weekend. Um there's just under seven runs per game in the last five. I think it's 34 runs in the last five games. Um, at home, they're a much better proposition. They're 30 and 21 at home. Um, now, yeah, I'm going to go back to my original thing. Philly on the run line, please, Lutty. Well, I mean, I kind of I agree with the over. You, initially, you were going over, right? Yeah, yeah. I went Philly run line, then over, then back to Philly run line. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of lean to Washington, but I like the over more than than the lean to Washington. And my my case for for the over is pretty simple. I mean, Wheeler is better on the road than he is at home. Um, he's 15 earned runs combined in his last five home starts, seven earned runs combined in his last five road starts. So being at home, I mean, he could be a bit erratic here. Washington, I thought had a pretty good weekend. They've been hitting the ball really well. Um, they did win two of the three in the June series. Well, June, it was late June, early July series, um, both one run games. Um, they did get smoked 19 to four in that, in that third game. So I'm going to go with Washington here. They tend to play better on the road. Um, as far as the over Washington has four plus runs in four of the last five. And you mentioned Philly hitting the ball pretty well, five plus runs in four of the last five. And I mean, gray, like solid on the road, two earned runs or less in seven of his last nine road starts actually in one of those games in that series back in July, uh, six innings pitched, only allowed one earned versus Philly in a 2-1 win. So he's got some familiarity there. I'm going to lean with Washington. I uh, love the over, though. Uh, apparently, a Mookie bet to go and slam has put the uh, Dodgers 8-5 up. So Lonte is cashing everything, and the Dodgers are back on top. Uh, new player has entered the game, Mr. Scott Reichel. Hello, mate. How are you? Good. How's it going with you? Good. What's happening, man? Nothing much. Sorry I'm late. Uh, I was stuck in the bathroom. So sorry I'm late. Beautiful. That's an endearing image for everybody. Uh, thanks, Scott. Well, we've, uh, we've I, had I, I this... a valid excuse, so apologies <laughs> there. You could have said anything there. I don't know why you had to tell us, but uh, it, yeah, yeah, the interest of honesty. Good values here at SCP again. Um, I'll be honest, my internet is just packed up on my laptop. However, my MLB screen and the little ad reads that I need have stayed open. Uh, however, I won't be able to comment in the chat anymore, so you can call me stuff. And I have no form of recourse, unfortunately. Uh, but I should be able to uh, plow on through the show. Uh, next up is a 6-4 Eastern first pitch between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Tampa Bay Rays. 
We have Miles Mikolas, the lizard man. Hooray. He's back. Uh, and he will take on Zach Eflin uh, for Tampa Bay. Plus 150 on St. Louis. Minus 172 on Tampa with a total set at eight. Scott, straight over to you. Yeah, for this one, it's a pretty tough call because of where the line's located, but I do think I'm going to lean to Tampa in this one. We've been fading Mikolas for a decent portion of the year. I'm not exactly going to stop now. We know the Cardinals are not exactly going to, let's just say, compete for anything meaningful for the next couple of months while Tampa's still fighting for a playoff spot. Right now, they're up against it in the division because the Orioles have been on fire lately, but Tampa's still trying to hold on to a wild card spot. So the game matters more. We know Tampa's been dominant at home this season as well. And you're looking at Eflin. Overall, it's kind of been alternating between good and bad starts. So he might actually be in line for a bad start. But simply put, with the Cardinals not playing for anything, with Tampa needing pretty much every game moving forward, I think I'm going to go with Tampa on the run line here. I just think that when you're looking at how these teams match up, the Cardinals have been especially bad on the road, while the Rays, once again, are still really good at the trop. I think Eflin will get it together, but Mikolas does pitch to a lot of contact, which could be a problem. I'm going to go with the Rays' run line in this one. Yeah, i got the same pick, Scott. Uh, Mikolas is hard to trust, and he just seemed to be the type of pitcher that the Rays will be able to get at that they're going to be prepared for. Um. St. Louis are rubbish as well, which is a perfectly reasonable thing uh, to put out there. And Eflin's good enough in this situation. Uh, the, the Rays have been a little bit better. Uh, the bats uh, have been a little bit louder recently. So, yeah, I'm going to take uh, the same pick. Tampa Bay on the run line, Lonte. Yeah, I'll make it a team ride. I like Tampa as well. Uh, I'll take it a step further, actually. I like the team total to go over. Mikolas, um, four-plus on runs and three of his last five row starts. And you mentioned it with uh, with Eflin. I thought he's been, you know, up and down his last four starts. Uh you know, he has five earned runs in two, and then he has zero in the other two. So, I mean, it's kind of iffy on what you're going to get from him. Uh, he has had two earned runs or fewer in five of his last seven home games, not allowing a lot of um, home runs. One home run in his last seven starts, one walk also in that span. So, he's keeping the ball on the ground, keeping it inside the park. I mean, Tampa Bay is 30, 37 and 19 at home. St. Louis, seven games under on the road. I like Tampa in the spot. I think they can come in and score six plus runs here. So, I like Tampa and the team total to go over. Next up is a 6.40 Eastern first pitch with Miami Marlins going to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Braxton Garrett, left-handed pitcher for Miami. And Luke Weaver gets the start for Cincy. Uh, minus 142 on Miami, plus 124 on Cincinnati. Total is at 10.5. Scott, we're coming back to you. I'm going to go with the Marlins here. Uh, simply put, Weaver has been a little bit better lately, but I'm still not a big fan of him in general. Garrett, I think, simply put the better starting pitcher, but the main reason why I'm going to take this is because of the fact that the Reds are completely falling apart, and I'm not going to suddenly expect them to turn it around because you're looking at how they performed over the weekend, and Washington kind of buried them. Like, it was not pretty most of those games. You're looking at Weaver, and he has given up at least three earned, and let me just... uh, Look at the exact number here. He's given up at least three earned runs in four of his last five. He had a good start on the road against the Dodgers, but pretty much every home start he's gotten shelled, which explains why he does have an ERA of 8.25 at home. I'm going to go with Garrett here. I think Miami's another team that's also falling apart. But based on current form, Miami's playing better than Cincinnati is. And at least Miami has a... An average bullpen, maybe slightly above average. The Reds' bullpen's a mess. So I'm going to go with the Marlins here, laying a decent price with the better starting pitcher. Alante? Yeah, so it's kind of I kind of struggled to pick a side here. Um, it's been struggle city for both of these teams over the last week. Cincinnati uh, lost six straight, Miami four straight. Um, Cincinnati's actually been stuck on three runs for the last four games. They scored exactly three runs in the last four games. Um, Miami, two earned runs or less in three of the last four. I mean, I kind of don't want to take a Cincinnati under. Uh, I mean, take an under with Cincinnati because, I mean, they can just, you know, get hot at any given time. They forgot how to hit, though. Yeah, they did. But, I mean, you know, they could snap out of it real quick um, and get there. They've done this before too. They've won like, like seven or eight in a row. Then they lose five and they win six or seven and they lose four or five. So, I mean, I'm kind of up in the air uh, with this one. If I had to take a bet, I I'd bet Cincinnati and take them like their, their team total to go over thinking they uh, remember how to hit. I guess the counter argument to what I said was that you don't want to lay 140 with Miami, who's not playing well either. Yeah, I'm not going to have yeah, any action on it, but yeah, yeah. I can't back Luke Weaver and the Reds' current offense. I just don't think there's any realistic chance of them 
turning it around this season. I know that, once again, they could go on a run, but now the Cubs have kind of done the exact same thing the Reds did a couple months ago. I wonder mentally with a young team, do you think the Reds can just suddenly snap out of it and just wake up during the most important time of the season? Because a part of me is skeptical that the young core might just realize it's not meant to be. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a big case as to why a lot of people were like kind of confused as to why they didn't like make a, you know, more, I guess, a trade seek deadline out, move. Yeah, seek out more, seek out more players in the trade deadline because you don't have, you got all those young guys, you don't have any veterans. Because I thought they needed, you know, another ace. Like I would have loved for them to get like Max or just, I mean, anybody that's veteran led to get in there and, you know, show the young kids some who had some experience, I guess. But I mean, I was kind of shocked at that. So I'm with you. I'm in line that I don't know how they're going to handle, you know, because it's later in the season, pressure's on. You got to win some of these games, especially with some of these teams below you that are performing pretty well. What about you, Malcolm? You think that uh, the Reds can turn around? I know that basically everyone at SGPN has action on the Reds to either win the division or make the playoffs. I probably think that they'll just carry on rolling how they have been. When they were going very well a few weeks ago, uh, it was just a young, young kids turning up to the ballpark, just happy to be there and playing well. Um, and they probably haven't given it an awful lot of thought. Uh, they got Votto back, which was that veteran presence um, that you were talking about. What The little red flag for me was when they put uh, Jonathan Injo on the trade block, I thought that was a bit peculiar. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah. And then he got injured they, yeah, anyway. But right. still. Yeah, right. but that's right. No, and they've got a lot of that. They've got a very, very well-stocked young infield, middle infield particularly, However, I thought India was important. It's just to set a market down for what the rest of that young dugout was thinking. Um, as far as this game goes, I can't take Miami at minus 142, regardless of if I think they'll win. It's far, far, far too short. If I had to pick a side, it would be, it would be Cincy. And although the total is a little bit high here, I'm happy to take the over. I mean, uh, Garrett, 608 ERA in his last five starts. His road numbers are quite misleading. You could look at them and think they were okay, um, but they're totally out of kilter. And, and I've just got the word nope written next to Luke Weaver in big letters. So runs off both. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll go over 10 and a half. Uh, big Barry's joined us in the chat. What you're doing here, Barry, I've got no idea. I think Barry have spent so much time together in the last three weeks doing these Premier League preview shows. I would have thought the last thing he wants to do is come and listen to my voice for another half an hour. Uh, but he picked- of those meetings. Between yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, Scott. I realize we have major. No, it's, like, it's all good. I'm just saying I'm getting like the third hand experience of the conversation that you're having with Baz yeah. every day. Baz is probably here because he did nothing but pick extraordinary priced winners um in the football league at the weekend. He gave out a sixty to one parley. He gave out three dogs on the show and they all hit uh plus four fifty, plus four fifty, plus three hundred. Uh ridiculous tipping from Barry. So if you get a chance to listen to the Premier League show this week. That's a nice little uh, segue, Baz. Thank you. Uh, Baz was absolutely on fire. 7.05 Eastern first pitch is the Houston Astros at the Baltimore Orioles. Left-handed pitcher Fraba Valdez for Houston and Grayson Rodriguez draws the start for Baltimore. It is minus 125 on the Astros, plus 116 on Baltimore with a total of eight and a half for Lunty. Yeah, so I'm going to lean to Baltimore here. Uh, I like the over a, a little bit more. Both teams are pretty much bet on teams for me right now. Uh, I can make a case for either side. I mean, Baltimore's won eight of the last 10, dominated the Mets. And again, I know it's the Mets, but they still were dominant. 19-6, uh, to six, they outscored them in that series. Um, Houston, six of the last 10, they've won 33-24 and 24 on the road. 44-32 um, and 32 is a favorite. Baltimore, 35-21 and 21 at home. 35-24 and 24 is a dog. So, I mean, you can see the similarities there. The thing I would lean to Boston, I mean, to Baltimore would be because I don't, I don't really know how – effective Valdez is going to be after that no hitter usually want to back team back uh the opposite team um when you're going against a pitcher who just came off a no hitter um he has 13 earned runs combined in his last three road starts I mean before the no hitter he's allowed four plus earned runs in four of his last five starts so he hadn't been pitching well um Rodriguez I mean he's faced tough offenses but he, he hasn't been horrible the two earned runs are less than two of his last three starts on eight combined hits so he's keeping the ball um in play and letting the defense handle it. No home runs in four straight. That's really big against the Houston team. They got Altuve. They got Jordan back in the lineup. I mean, it's tough. I'm, I'm going to lean over thinking we get thinking we get some points here. Uh, if I had to make a bet on the side, I'd lean with Baltimore at home plus money. I mean, they're just running too hot right now to bet against. Yeah, Baltimore, this price, this is the price that Baltimore have been 
at the most dangerous is sort of just a, a small yep. a small plus price. Yep. Anything between plus 105 and plus 120, both of them have just been an auto bet. Um, Valdez was struggling before that no-hitter as well. Um, however, I don't think Rodriguez has been great. I just think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I think this should be the 10.5 game, not that Miami Cincy one. Tools at 8.5, perfectly happy to take the over, Scott. Uh, for me, I think I'm going to lean to Houston first five here. I don't feel great about it, but Rodriguez was very good against the Yankees, which doesn't really mean anything to me, as you might know at this point. But he has really not been good this season. And Valdez, I know, was struggling, but he, he went from being awful for about a month to throwing a no-hitter. So maybe he found something. But still, point is, I do think when you're looking at these two pitchers, Houston does have a pretty significant edge in that department. And you're looking at the first five money line price. It's pretty cheap when the starting pitching disparity is this large. I still don't think Grayson is that good. Once again, he had a good start against the Yankees and a decent start against the Rays. That was not very good last time out. But I do think Valdez is the better pitcher here. I watched Baltimore in that series against the Mets. Offensively, they were solid for the first two games. Then I watched the last game. They scored two runs, and it was kind of gifted to them both times. But for me, I'm going to go with the Astros' first five. I just want to keep fading Rodriguez in some capacity, and Valdez could pitch zeros. So give me the Astros' first five. 705 Eastern first pitch, the Atlanta Braves at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yoni Chirinos for Atlanta. And Mitch Keller goes for Pittsburgh. It's minus 142 on the Braves, plus 136 on the Pirates. Total is nine and a half. Uh, Yoni Chirinos has a five and four record on the year, 442 ERA. Um, this is his third turn through now with the Braves since he was traded. Um, his first two starts have been poor. Um He's given up seven earned runs in eight and two-thirds pitched, 12 hits and two walks in that spell as well. Um, so he currently looks vulnerable, uh, still hasn't settled down in a Braves uniform. Keller, nine and eight on the year, 435 ERA. He's been horrible, oh, horrible lately, 993 ERA in his last five. Uh, stretching Ritz Pittsburgh have gone 0 and 4. Uh, sorry, he's gone 0 and 4. Um, the safest play, I think. Is there are several ways of cashing this. It's the first five over. Um, everyone could get involved in the action. Even if one side just gets involved in the action, that might be enough. Uh, so, yeah, lots of different ways to win. The first five over um, for me here. Long tick. Yeah, so I'm going to make it simple for me, man. I like uh, Atlanta team total over. I lean to them full game. Uh, they scored six plus runs in six of the last nine games. And is Keller still going, right? He didn't get scratched, did he? No. Okay, cool. He's still, he's still going. Yeah, so 24 earned runs in his last four starts, seven of those being home runs. He had nine plus hits and three of those four also. I mean, and Sharino starts. I mean, he's the only person, he's the only pitcher probably that can give up a, you know, four or five point lead and still be pretty confident because they've scored 12 and 10 in his first two starts. So I don't look for much to change here. I think it, I think they can soar over the team total. I think it'll be around like five and a half if I had to guess. Uh, well, maybe six if the total's 10 and a half, but. Uh, yeah, just five and a half juice or six. I, I, I'd look for it to go over. I like both, both either one you can find um, when it comes out. So I'd like the team total to go over. Love that. Runs, 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 Scott. Yeah, I'm on the over as well. There's no reason for me to shake anything up here. I don't think Keller's any good. I've said it for years, and I don't know what happened in the first half this year. He just randomly learned how to pitch temporarily. And then he made an all-star game and then immediately turned back into a pumpkin because he's getting shelled start and start out. I don't think Chirinos is that good either. So I think you're looking at runs here. Pittsburgh offensively over the weekend was decent against Milwaukee. They weren't that bad. I think that this team is decent enough to score against a pretty bad starting pitcher. Uh, you're looking at Keller, though, and he, he might get murdered in this, in this start. But you're looking at the weather report and the wind's blowing out, actually, kind of towards center field, towards uh, right center as well. So you're looking now, it should result in a pro-run environment. But I don't like either starting pitcher, and we know Atlanta can score 10 runs by themselves. I'll be on the over. Scott, do you have the ad reads document to hand? Uh, the ad reads document. I believe I do. Yeah. Hang on a second. Okay. I'll you do, do the, the first one or you do, are you doing? I'll the, do, uh, I'll do the Patreon one from memory next turn the, uh, parlay player. This is all you, um, so yeah, help us, um, in the fight against corporate gambling, uh, by joining our Patreon page, uh, you'll get access to exclusive, uh, content and contests, including the NFL, Picks contest, which has a $1,000 first prize. You get the SGP 
DGEN's Story Podcast, which gives you loads of good fun from decades of being DGEN's. Uh, the place to get all of this content, um, as well as um, our free picks always, is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Uh, 7.10 Eastern First Pitch is the Kansas City Royals. Mate, I've done 300 I'm, I'm shows you've, in the last week. Like 25 times <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, it's only because the other ad only came on today that I haven't memorised that. If it was underdog fantasy, I could do that in my sleep. No problem. Um, Kansas City Royals are the Boston Red Sox. We have Brady Singer for Kansas City. We have Cutter Crawford for Boston. We have lines of plus 166 for KC, minus 180 on Boston. Totally set at 10, Scott. So both these teams are kind of falling apart. Boston can't base run. But I'm looking at the spot, and Crawford's been pretty good uh, lately. They've kind of wasted some of his good starts, but he's been solid. And you're looking at Singer, and he's been a mess. But once again, Crawford's allowed less than two earned in three of his last four. Uh, Singer's struggles have been well-documented all season long. Kansas City's a really, really bad baseball team. Boston ran into a playoff team. Whether you like Toronto or not, they are probably going to be a playoff team, either them or Seattle. So Boston, once again, has fallen back into last place. They're not a good team, but they're fine. Kansas City is a complete bottom feeder that's only better than arguably Oakland. You can make an argument. But the point is, I think when I'm looking at this matchup, I go with Boston run line, maybe Boston team total over. But I do think, once again, Crawford has been good I think he could pitch well again. So I'll go with Boston run one in the start. Maybe Boston first five. Okay, so it's all Boston uh, for Scott uh, Lonte. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Boston on the run line also. I absolutely love the team total to go over. Um, you know, Kansas City, they played well. They have been playing well. Seven of the last ten they've won. Offensively, they look, you know, probably as good as they've looked all year, especially with um, Bobby Witt, who's been hitting the cover off the ball. Um, Boston, like Scott mentioned, they've lost seven of ten. Uh, outscored 31 to 11 in, during that four game um, losing streak. Excuse me. Um, Singer, I mean, he's not good, in, in my opinion. Four plus and four plus earned runs and three of his last four road starts. I think Boston's bats can get back on track here uh, with Crawford on the mound. I, I think they'll be fine. So I'm looking for an offensive outburst from Boston. I think they can score north of seven runs here. Um, I took Kansas City to win. Uh, the Monday night game here against Boston with Brian Bell the fighters with plus 180 so I'm going to back them up and take Kansas to win this one as well um, safe in the knowledge that they're going to win one of them uh, and when they do um, we'll have a little bit of profit so Singer's been alright lately um, KC have been competitive it's not near points out Crawford's been good in short starts and you say Boston are just wobbling a little bit um, this is probably the hottest streak Kansas have been on uh, Kansas City, sorry, internet man, uh, all season. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely going to win either Monday or Tuesday. If not both, they win both. Uh, we're going laughing all the way to the bank. So, I'll take the Kansas City Royals at plus 166. 7-10, Eastern first pitch. The Chicago Cubs at the New York Mets. Jameson Tyone for the Cubbies and Carlos Carrasco for New York. Minus 132 for Chicago. Plus 124. For the Mets, total is nine and a half. Uh, Jameson Tyone, six and six, 536 ERA. Um, absolute season of two halves so far for Tyone. Um, his numbers are absolutely catching up. He was a bit of a laughing stock early on in the season. Recently, 4 and 0, 208 ERA in those last five starts. The Cubs have won all five of those and they've covered the run line in all five of those as well. Um, Carrasco, at this point, is just a warm body. I think that's what the Mets are rolling out there. Um, that's the, the most positive thing um, about Carlos Carrasco is that um, this was just an instinct game. I've, I've said it repeatedly that I look at a game with instinctively and then do I need a reason to look at it any deeper? And when I saw the odds, I don't need a reason to look into this any deeper. Um, it's Cubs on the money line, minus 132. But the fact the Cubs have covered the run line in those last five wins by Tyone, um, makes the Cubs a run line play uh, plus money as well. So that's a that's another angle in. But yeah, I can't see any other outcome here, Scott. Yeah, I'm, I might mention this again later in the show, but I'm, I'm all over the Cubs here. Just simply put, they're a freight train. 
right now. They score a bunch of runs. The pitching has actually cooperated lately, and Tyone's been a big reason for that. They've won five straight starts of his that you mentioned before and covered the run line and all those. Carrasco is... I mean, you're calling him a warm body. I'm not even sure if he is. He's just a pitch machine at this point. He's just handing out a batting practice. So I'm going to fade Carrasco here. His ERA at home is 8.51. He's allowed at least four earned and four straight starts. The Mets are also just actively punting. They traded away anybody worth a damn besides Lindor and Alonzo for the trade deadline. And I watched them over the weekend. It was really ugly. I cashed the Orioles' run line on Sunday, which was nice. But still, the Mets are in complete fade territory. They got swept by the Royals. Really? By the Royals? You couldn't win a game? And then they went into Baltimore and they got dominated. There's nothing to like about that team. These really are just the two opposite spectrums here. The Cubs are one of the hottest teams in the league. The Mets are a laughing stock right now. I don't see any reason for that to change. And Tyone's been good while Carrasco's been awful. I think the Cubs bury him in this start. Like, I think they're going to win this game by multiple runs. What is there to like about the Mets? The offense forgot how to hit. The bullpen's been a mess. Carrasco's been terrible. I don't know what there is to like about this team. So I think the Mets are going to be auto-fade territory moving forward. The Cubs, though, I'll tell you what, even if they don't make the playoffs, they're fun. They score runs. That's good enough for me. Give me the Cubs. Uh, Lunty, team ride on the Cubs? Yeah, totally in line with what Scott was saying. I got in my notes, uh, Mets unbackable right now. I mean, outscored 32-8, to nine in their la- 32 to eight, I'm sorry, in their last five games. Uh, two runs or less in three of those, la- three of those five games. I mean, Cubs impressive over the weekend. I mean, they took two of three against Atlanta. They've won seven of the last ten. I mean, they won two of three in a May series, and obviously those are two different teams um, than they are right now. But probably can argue that the Mets were a little bit better uh, at that time, and they still lost. So Well, they were better because that was before they traded half their team. <laughs> right. So, I mean, just, just by that alone, I mean, I think the Cubs are just on a heater right now. I don't think – and I think the Mets are just in fade mode. I think we called for it maybe like last week uh, or two weeks ago saying that they were going to go on this growth stretch here. So I like the Cubs any which way you can get them team total over. I like them on the run line. I like them uh, on the money line, any way you can get them. At least the Mets realized to blow it up. The Padres are still pretending to care. I don't know what the Padres are doing, but whatever. You can say the same about the other New York team that we root for, Scott. Yeah, that is true. But the Mets, <laughs> they blew it up. They needed to, but that's not good for them for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, Millie pointing out just how, uh, ridiculously good Bellinger's been in the second half, which is super. Uh, the Mets, at the start of the season, we've been talking about this uh, all-star roster, mega-talented uh, owner flexing his financial muscles. Uh, last night, they lined up with DJ Stewart hitting cleanup. Well, where was DJ Stewart? Yeah. yeah, where was he at the start of the season? Like, was he an after? I mean, was he on a <laughs> roster? He like now a he's sitting, player. Yeah, he's sitting cleanup for, um, uh, for what was supposed to be this mega-team. Uh, oh, there was a basketball player. Uh, oh, I forgot his name now. Bollocks. This is a bad story. He was at the Leeds match yesterday. And I, oh, shit. That story is an absolute cul-de-sac because I've completely forgotten his name. I'll think about it as we go. Um, was his name in, LeBron James? We'll start. It wasn't LeBron start. James. I know who he is. James? Okay, cool. uh, it wasn't Magic Johnson. And I'm only asking because LeBron, I know, has been rumored to get involved in some in some you know Premier League soccer. So I wasn't sure if he was. Jimmy Butler's been traveling a lot. I know he's a cultured individual. Watches no. a lot of tennis. Um, Luca, maybe he's in. Uh, he's he's invested in Leeds United. Well, it's that's right why the I guess LeBron, because LeBron's invested in everything. Yeah. So. Um, because I think Ricky Fowler uh, is invested in them as well. Um, I will think of it before the end of the show. Someone will cheer up in the chat before. Um, was it? Wait, give was you a prize. The, the story involved. That's him, Jay Millie. Jay Millie, oh, you win Westbrook. a prize. It was Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Was Thanks, that, was Jay there Millie. The rest That's of a story to that, or you just wanted to say that you saw? No, that was it. No, sorry, okay, just cool. my mind works <laughs> in mysterious. Why? You mentioned. Why did we? Why did I think of that? Did you mention? Oh, DJ Stewart sounds like a basketball player. See. Oh, all links okay. together. It goes full circle. You skipped None the bridge the- <laughs> part and just went to a separate story. That's why I got confused. Sorry. I'm at a funny age. Uh, 7-10 Eastern first pitch, the Toronto Blue Jays at the Cleveland Guardians. Left-handed pitcher, Yusei Kikuchi for Toronto and Tana Bibi for Cleveland. Minus 110 for the Blue Jays. Minus 102 for Cleveland. Total is eight and a half, Lunty. Yeah, so, I mean... It's just this is not it's a tough game for me also. Um Toronto, they're rolling right now. Uh they've won six of the last ten, including four of the last five. But 
we all know that Kikuchi is susceptible on the um, on the road. Uh, I mean, he has performed well. Three earned runs and his three earned runs combined his last four starts. Two earned runs or less and five of his last six road starts. So, in the small sample size, he's pitched well. But we all know historically, he doesn't pitch well on the road. Um, but Toronto, they do. They have been performing well on the road. The 33 and twenty six. And offensively, you know, I trust them a little more than I do Cleveland. Um, BB's only allowed more than three earned runs once in his last nine games. Uh, four earned runs combined in his last five starts. I mean, he's been hit, he's been getting hit pretty well, but it's just not. I guess uh, it's not going like countering into runs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with Toronto here, but I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland wins. But it's just a slight lean Toronto. I think they're in better form right now. Scott. Yeah, for me, it's a slam dunk play here. I'm going to go with Toronto. Uh, people are forgetting that Ramirez is not going to play in this game. He got suspended three games for the right hook, so they don't have anybody on offense. Naylor's on the IL, so you're losing Josh Naylor and Ramirez for this game. How are the Guardians supposed to score? Like, I don't know what else they have. I also find it pretty funny, by the way, Ramirez got three games. Anderson got knocked out and got six games, so he somehow got double the suspension <laughs> that Ramirez got, which I don't really understand. But anyway... Uh, I'm going with Toronto in this one. I do acknowledge BB's the better pitcher, and I know the wind's blowing out, but I kind of like the under because, once again, I really don't know how the Guardians are supposed to score when their two best offensive players aren't playing in the game. So I'll go with Toronto, whose offense woke up over the weekend against Boston. Once again, they've been a very annoying team to back, but they have been a lot better than Cleveland has. Cleveland's kind of waved the flag on the season with all the people that have now gone the injury list and all that stuff like that. But I'm going to go with Toronto, and I'm going to lean to the under. Without Ramirez and without Naylor, I don't know what I'm supposed to like about Cleveland. So I'm going to go with the Blue Jays in this spot. Yeah, you've nailed both the angles there, Scott. The, my initial pick uh, when I handicapped it kind of blind was uh, was the under. Um, because Kikuchi's been good. I like BB. Um, Cleveland don't score many. And then you add into that the fact that uh, I since learned Ramirez got that three-game uh, suspension. The the commentators call of that uh, myself and Dylan. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, it was outstanding. My, myself and Dylan spoke about that. I saw a video um, on Instagram where somebody was watching the three D coverage of the thing with like basically a bunch of stick figures, <laughs> and they showed Ramirez and Anderson like squaring up, looking like Minecraft blocks, like in the damn like. <laughs> it was really really funny. Whatever software they were using, it was good stuff. Scott, you remember um, the movie Major League? I don't know, Mal. I don't know if you watched it. That's what it reminded me of. Whenever <laughs> he's ducking his shoulder, it's gonna hurt him in the later rounds. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, Toronto in the under is the right answer, Scott. You've got it. Um, Scott, do us that ad read, man. Oh, so we're also brought to you up by our brand new sponsor, uh, an ad read that Malcolm does not have in front of him or does not have memorized, Parlay Play. And Parlay Play is a great way to get down on your favorite parlayed player props. Football season's right around the corner, and Parlay Play will have all your favorite props. Parlay Play is available in a ton of states, including California and Texas. Plus, our good friends up north, Parlay Play is available in a bunch of provinces in Canada. And when you sign up, use our code, and you'll get a sweet bonus to get started. A Parlay Play that I know we all like here is going to be the over in that Pirates and Braves game on a Tuesday, so keep an eye out for that. Head over to ParlayPlay.io and use promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's ParlayPlay.io, promo code SGP. Beautiful, that's good. 8-10 Eastern first pitches, the New York Yankees at the Chicago White Sox. Clark Schmidt for the Yankees and Tuki Toussaint for the White Sox. Minus 142. Uh, for New York, plus 130 for Chicago. Total is nine and a half. Uh, Clark Schmidt is seven and six for the 435 ERA. He's very predictable, um, is Schmidt. Five innings, occasionally six on a good day, two or three earned runs, and the game will be close. Um, the Yankees have won his last four starts. Tickets to Sun interests me. Uh, you've probably got this if you listen to any shows that I've handicapped him on in the last few weeks. He's one and four on the year with a 392 ERA. Um, but he's got a lot of tools. Um, there's better days ahead, definitely, for Tucson. He pitched okay um, at Texas last time. He was called out by a couple of home runs. I think he can go okay here. Um, we know what we're going to get off Schmidt, but I'm going to back Tucson. I'm going to take the White Sox in the first five innings. I don't know if they can hold a lead but I think they can get a lead. So, yeah, give me the White Sox early on um, 
Scott. I'm going to go on the under in this game, simply put. The Yankees' offense has been okay recently, but a lot of the runs yesterday were completely gifted uh, because of the fact that Houston – let me see if I got this right. They walked two guys with the bases loaded. There was a hit-by-pitch with the bases loaded. The Yankees scored a bunch of runs without actually doing anything, if you watch that fourth inning. They still can't hit with guys in scoring position. They just can't do it. And you're looking at who's pitching for the Yankees in this start – once again, I just think the Yankees have a pretty decent option on the mound. I might be underselling it a little bit, but I think you're looking at a spot where the Yankees are a fade team and they can't win any series. In fact, the only series that they've actually won recently has been against the Royals and against Oakland, I believe. So they really haven't done anything recently against any teams that are worth anything. I'm not saying that the White Sox are worth anything. Schmidt's been okay, though, but that might be because the rest of the rotation wasn't very good. I think he can do enough against the bad offense to keep them in check to some degree. Maybe five innings, two runs. I agree with you, though. I think Toussaint's in line to actually pitch very well here, and I think that Toussaint's a pretty underrated pitcher. The problem is the walks. He's walked 27 batters in yeah. 41 and a third. But with the exception of yesterday's game, the Yankees are a pretty free-swinging bunch. Let's put it that way. They chase a lot of pitches. <laughs> I'm going to go with Toussaint with you in the first five Realistically, though, the Yankees just keep laying numbers and you keep losing money backing them because they're not very good. I'm going to go with Tucson here. I think Schmidt's been okay, but I think Tucson's actually potentially better than Schmidt is. So I'm going to go with the White Sox in the first five with you. Okay, cheers, Scott, Lante. Yeah, I'm with you, uh, both, with both of you guys, actually. Uh, I love the under. I mean, Chicago's seven under and seven in their last 10. The Yankees are 500 in their last 10 as far as over-under, but it has a lot to do with opponent scoring and not really them offensively, as Scott hit on. Uh, two of the three went went under um, in their June series. Total was maybe like a half point to a full point. Those weren't even close. I remember the doubleheader was just a hideous right. back-to-back game of baseball. Right, and now this the, the close was, I think, uh, lower than this, so I'm not understanding, but uh, whatever. I'll take it. I mean, both teams hitting under 230 in their last 10 games, so offensively, I'm not expecting a lot to happen here. Uh, I'd love the under in this game. I'll, I'll be surprised if either team scores three runs. Did, did Jimenez <laughs> get injured in the brawl, too? Because Anderson's out. Yeah, he's he did, yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. I saw Eli yeah, something off. So I don't know if he's yeah, he hit his foot or something. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't really know what exactly happened there, but the, once again, the White Sox might be down two of their best hitters because of the brawl that happened. So one for sure. That's another reason to like the under. Yeah. Right. Right. I had a little watch of the Nolan Ryan uh, Ventura brawl today, just for the hell of it, because I the like walk. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've got time. a bit of a bit of brawl nostalgia. Uh, crept in after watching um, after watching Anderson and J-Rab. I do, do want to give a shout-out, though, to Elvis Andrews, who had a front-row seat to two of the best punches that were thrown in the last, like, 10, 15 years. Because he was there for the <laughs> Odor play. So, Andrews, front-row seat in that infield to see some fighting. Oh, I love shit like that. Just this funny little anomalous stuff. Um, 8-10 Eastern first picks the Colorado Rockies at the Milwaukee Brewers. We have two lefties going in. Kyle Freeland for Colorado and Wade Miley. Uh, for Milwaukee, plus one eighty-five. The Rockies minus two fifteen. The Brewers total of nine. Scott. So I think going into the series, I kind of just told myself I was going to fade Colorado blindly. Uh, Milwaukee had a pretty mediocre series over the weekend against Pittsburgh. They actually, lost, they ended up splitting the four, which once again is not losing a series, but against Pittsburgh, you probably need to win more of those. But Milwaukee's been a good home team. Uh, the Rockies, though, had a decent series over the weekend, but we know the Cardinals aren't an actual real, aren't a good baseball team, so that kind of makes some sense. But Colorado's nineteen and thirty-seven on the road. Miley has been solid this year uh, for the most part, and a weird thing about the Rockies: in previous years, they were actually really good against left-handed pitching. This year, they're really not. They're just not good against lefties. I don't really know why they pulled a complete 180 in that department. But I'm going to go with Milwaukee. It might be an ugly game, but I'm really anti-Freeland. He's allowed 20 home runs this season. So I do think Milwaukee can generate enough home runs to actually score enough runs to win this. Freeland, though, to go through the last couple starts, he has allowed at least three earned in – it's at least four of the last five. I'm trying to see how deep it goes. In five of the last – is it four of the last five? Yeah, four of the last five. So I don't exactly trust him. Uh, the Rockies have also lost each of his last four starts. They've lost eight of his last ten starts. I'm on the Brewers' run line here. 
I just think the Rockies on the road are useless, especially after they traded away anybody that's worth a damn in that lineup, besides McMahon. But he's also not good against lefties. So give me uh, Miley and the Brewers minus one and a half. Uh, Lonte? Yeah, I'm going to lean the other way. Um, not not I'm not really proud of it, but I'm going to lean the other way. <laughs> well, I, I like sure that Milwaukee's not going to score enough to cover. Like, I get the argument. Yeah, so, I mean, Colorado swept them in a May series, obviously two different teams, but they outscored them 19-9 in that series. That was um, in Coors, like, though, right? Uh, was it in Coors? Yes, I think it was. Yeah, I think okay. it was. And, I mean, I'm just not sold on Milwaukee. Like, they had uh up-and-down weekend. They probably should have got swept this weekend. Um, if it wasn't for, you know, some late game rally, I think their rookie had a walk off. Um, yeah, they won extras in, I think it was the Saturday game. Yeah. So that was pretty fortunate. And I think either one of those, either one of their wins, well, both of their wins could have went either way. So I'm not really impressed with them right now. Uh, I love the under though. Both teams under in three of the last five games, Colorado is 64% to the under on the road. Milwaukee's been an under team all year, 57% to the under on the year. Um, you mentioned Freeland. He has been getting hit hard, and he's had some control issues. So if you want to look at some props, I would maybe look at a under on his total outs and uh, over on his total walks prop. Uh, Miley, you mentioned, has been good. But, again, I mean, I don't really trust Milwaukee's offense. I don't trust Colorado either. So I'm going to root for nothing to happen in Colorado to win 1-0. to zero. I'm also curious where the Freeland hits line opens up because the last couple of starts, 7-9, 7-9, 4-9-9. Yeah, it's a lot of hits. Smoked, yeah. Um, I probably took the lazy option here and just went straight to the Milwaukee run line for many yeah, reasons. Scott said, <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, I mean, Freeland's record on the road is one and eight. Um, the Brewers don't score loads, but they can win this four to two. That'll do it. Um, get this covered. I didn't want to overcomplicate it. Well, yeah, it's not big old clever, uh, but that will be my pick. Nine thirty-eight Eastern first pitch. This is the only off-the-board game. Um, at least it's off my board. Um, the San Francisco Giants at the LA Angels. Uh, TBD for San Francisco is the reason for that one. Uh, Lucas, well, am I in the right? You're game, about to say yeah? Giolito, but then you hesitated. Because, yeah, I've got Gilbert written down, um, but in my horrible it handwriting. They might be for Seattle. It is, yeah. That's just my horrible handwriting. Gilbert looks a little bit like Giolito. You can see where that might have gone wrong in my brain. I'll start again. The San Francisco Giants and the LA Angels. San Francisco, TBD. The LA Angels have Lucas Giolito going. Um, I saw no lines for the total of eight. So I don't know if you can uh, talk me through that one, Scott. I see Giants minus 125. Okay. Giolito plus 105, total of eight. Yeah, I've got no Giants picture though. Um, Lonte, do you have much on this? Um, I thought it was Webb. Going. Do you see Webb? Uh, no, Webb's Scott? pitching tonight. Oh, he is. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't I don't know about a pitcher. Then, I mean, I'll lean to San Francisco, but I mean, kind of want to know who's pitching. But, I mean, the Halos, they've they've not won a game since the trade deadline. So, of course, they got the buyers of Morris. They've lost eight of their last ten. Uh, part of that is being the person that they traded for. I mean, Giolito, Giolito, he hasn't pitched well. He's allowed 12 earned runs and five of those are home runs on 14 hits in his two starts as an angel. Um, both of those two games were on the road against solid offenses. I will give him credit for that. But, I mean, this will be his first home start as an angel. I'm pretty sure there'll be, you know, a little bit more support for him there. Uh, they're a little better at home, 29 and 27. But, again, I mean, I don't know if I can back them right now. I, I got to I gotta wait to see who San Francisco pitches. If it's a bullpen game or I, I don't know who, they, who they'd be in line for a start. But – I probably lean to to San Francisco, just depending on who they start. But it's kind of hard to tell right now. Yeah, uh, Jay Millie's throwing out that it might be a bullpen game. Yeah, um, San Francisco did okay uh, with the bullpen games pre All Star break, but um, I think we've had the, we've seen the law of diminishing returns is the uh, on that for for the Giants. I'm not taking the over here. Just it just looked ugly uh, with Giolito and uh, whatever. Uh, the San Francisco Giants are going to come together. But yeah, that was a bit of a um, a little bit of guesswork involved on my part. I wouldn't, I've got no strong thoughts, Scott. I'm going to go with the Giants as well. Uh, just simply put, when you're looking at how bad the Angels have been, it's really funny 
in my opinion, because they should have traded <laughs> Otani, and now they're just stuck with nothing. So, yeah, have fun with that. But, yeah, the Angels are just a bad run organization, and they're taking time bomb every year. I expect them to go below 500, and that's where they're headed, like they always are. So I'm going to go with the Giants here. They're still a playoff team. They've been playing some decent baseball lately, but the Angels have just invented ways to lose, and the bullpen's brutal. The bullpen was such a surprising strength for most of the year and now everybody's bad, and it feels like they keep using Berea, who keeps getting shelled to lose yeah. games in extra innings. And I don't know why he's still coming out of the bullpen. But anyway, I don't think the Angels are a good team, and they're kind of getting exposed for it. Otani can only do so much. So I'm going to go with the Giants here. I'm going to fade Giolito and take a pretty good prize. 9.40 Eastern first pitch, the LA Dodgers at the Arizona, Arizona Diamondbacks. Julio Arias, left-handed pitcher for the Dodgers, and Brendan Fart uh, for the D-backs. Minus 162 for the Dodgers, plus 136 for Arizona. Total is at nine and a half. Um, Arias, eight and six, 469 ERA. Generally reliable. Um, had a bad start at Baltimore recently, which is fair enough. Baltimore can smash up uh, a lot of different pitches and have them. Uh, Dodgers are playing well uh, over the weekend. They seem to have They've definitely had that big brother thing going over San Diego. Um, and latest, uh, when my laptop caved in, it was eight to five. Dodgers again. Oh, shit. Uh, there you go. There. Uh, so, yeah, the Dodgers are playing well. The the, the lineup is just constantly, uh, consistently hitting. Uh, Brandon Fart is 0 5 on the year with the 7 11 ERA. Um, this is now his third start since he returned to the majors. And his last one was a beauty. Um, kind of the start that everyone's been talking about him having since spring training. Seven innings, one earned run at the Giants. However, the Dodgers are not the Giants. They are a different proposition. Arizona just are unable to win a game. We just talked about the Angels. Um, I watched Arizona just throw a game away last night. Was it the which game? Was it the Twins? Maybe who got, who got shelled against Minnesota in the, in the ninth inning? Yeah, um, yeah, they traded for. Couldn't get an out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that just, I mean, it was behind a really strong Zach Gallen out in. And yeah, they're just head scratching. Now, it's a shame, actually, how the Diamondbacks have dropped off because I was enjoying how competitive they were being this season and they were shaking that division up a little bit. And I'd back them at 40 to 1. Uh, but it just hasn't happened, unfortunately. Uh, Dodgers on the run line here. Um, I'm just, I'm out on the D backs and, and the Dodgers are just scoring runs, 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 um, as you can see in tonight's game. So, yeah, give me Dodgers on the run line. Um, Lonte. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, the D-backs are a bit against team for me right now. Uh, they lost eight of, the te- eight of the last 10, six straight, outscored 29 to 11 in that process um, as far as six straight. They're hitting under 210 in their last two games, two runs scored per nine. That tells you everything you need to know about this offense. Um, Urias, I mean, I don't really love him, but, I mean, he's been fine. They only allowed three earned runs, only allowed over three earned runs once in his last five games. He's had two shutouts in that mix. The way this offense is is going, I don't think he'll have any issues um, throwing against Arizona. The Dodgers team total is a perfect bit for me. Also, um, eight plus runs in four of the last five. It'll probably, it'll probably be five. It'll be five in the last six if you count tonight. So they're they're rolling. Uh, I don't see any slowing them down right now. I think they'll roll Minnesota. I mean, I would think they'll roll Arizona. Uh, Scott, can you make any different cases? The only thing you could counter argument with is that Urias is really bad on the road, but yeah, I'm just going to choose to ignore it because I don't really care. I'm not backing Arizona. <laughs> I just I just can't do it. I forgot what the exact numbers were. I think Arizona is seven and twenty-one in their last twenty-eight. It's something atrocious. It's either seven and twenty-one or seven and twenty-two. But they've been really bad. At the end of the day, I'm looking at the Dodgers, who once again are playing some really good baseball. It's not the exact same comparison to the Reds game we talked about earlier, but the Diamondbacks are a young team. They've had an opportunity to maybe make the playoffs and surprise some people. They've hit a massive wall, and I don't know why they'd suddenly turn it around. This team stinks. Like I, I can't back this team, and against the Dodgers, I especially can't back this team. And the Dodgers kill them this entire series. Like I don't know what there is to like about Arizona. Do I think Arizona is suddenly going to wake up and have a moment where they just – decide that they're going to try to make a second playoff push. No, it's over. Stick a fork in them. I'll go with the Dodgers run line. They're going to win this game comfortably. 9-4 Eastern first pitch, the penultimate game on the show. 
He's the one that's off the board, not the one that I misread earlier on. This is the San Diego Padres at the Seattle Mariners. San Diego um, have a TBD pitcher, and it is Logan Gilbert, not Logan Giolito, who will pitch for Seattle. This is the one where I saw a total of eight and no numbers for. So, um, Seattle Scott, minus 125. Do you have a picture at all, though? For- no. No, okay. Same thing as the um, Giants game. One team doesn't have a pitcher, minus 125. That's really weird. Uh, okay, doke. Um, Scott, we'll let you take this away. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and take the Mariners here. I, I'll tell you what, Seattle finally looks like a team that's trying to actually live up to preseason expectation. Like, they've been playing some good baseball. Now, facing off against the Angels helps. It was a huge uh, sweep over the weekend. But when you're looking at the Mariners, they're playing good ball. Just simply put, now the Padres I roasted before, once again, the Mets of the West. And yeah, they're down 13 to 5 in the sixth inning on a team that should have blown it up at the trade deadline. So, yeah, San Diego is pretending to stay relevant, but they're not. And the Mariners actually have played some good baseball. And I think Gilbert's a solid pitcher. I'm not sure who's going to go for San Diego. Uh, we saw the Rich Hill acquisition. That didn't exactly work out well yesterday. So, I'm not sure if it matters who's going to pitch for the Padres here, but. I just can't back them. I think Seattle's been in good form. The Padres, in addition to having to play this game, had to burn a lot of the bullpen in this Monday game because, once again, they're down 13-5 to in the sixth inning. So they have to use a lot of relievers. Give me the Mariners. I like how they've played. I'm not sure if they're going to get into a playoff spot, but they're going to make it close. This team's actually playing some good ball. Um, when you've got, like, friends who support a certain team, so you, you get on – you they're on your radar a little bit more. Um, this is what's happened with me in Seattle. So Blake Meyer, who uh, who hosts the baseball money is quietly won some games here and there. Yeah, and Blake is not so quietly telling you about it all the time. Um, so I'm fully aware of how Seattle have been going, uh, and Blake's quite high in them. Um, I think in any position at the moment, Seattle at home is San Diego, and you offered minus one twenty five. You just take it. It's not that complicated. You see that um, that Rich Hill that you just talking about. Um, that was like finding money in the street last night. Finding Rich Hill, it was absolute giveaway. It was outstanding. It wasn't even money. It was like counterfeit money. It was monopoly money in the middle of the street. Yeah, you like what's, what's the catch? Um, yeah, I'd, same. Yeah, give me um, Gilbert and uh, the Mariners at minus one twenty-five, Lunty. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the Seattle Mariners here. Um, winners of eight in their last 10, won five in a row. They've actually covered seven of their last 10. Um, San Diego struggles as an underdog, surprisingly, eight and 17 as a dog. Uh, Gilbert, I'm not the biggest fan of. Uh, he's been a bit erratic in his last few home starts, but, you know, outside of that, just over a bigger sample size, he's been pretty He's been pretty solid. Um, San Diego's hitting 228 versus righties on the year, 220 on the road versus righties this year. So, I mean, all signs point to Seattle here. Depending on the pitcher, I've seen Nick Martinez was listed earlier today. I'm not sure if he'll oh, okay. go, but uh, I saw that's who I saw listed earlier. Um, but again, like Scott said, I don't think the pitcher matters. I think Seattle is in good form. Seattle's a good buy on team um, going forward for me. I, th- I think they they get they got the bats in the lineup. If they can get you know Castillo to actually be consistent on a game to game basis and give him some run support. I think they'll. I think they'll be a a fun team to watch and bet on. Yeah, I think Seattle are one of the teams more likely to make a run uh, towards the end of the season. Totally agree with you. Um, the final game, nine forty Eastern first pitches the Texas Rangers at Oakland Athletics. Max Scherzer goes for Texas, and lefty JP Sears is on the hill for Oakland. Minus two thirty eight for Texas, plus two hundred on Oakland. Total is eight. Lonte, finish us off with a winner here. Yeah, so I'm gonna make it really simple. I'm going with um, I'm going with Texas on the team on the run line, and I'm going with their team total to go over. I was gonna I was gonna make it my uh, my dog, but I think that they were like minus 150 on the run line. But uh, so I like like Texas and the team total over. They're 28 and 24 on the run line when they play on the road. Uh, they've won seven of the last ten, including five in a row. Uh, to expand on the team total, five plus runs in all five of those games. The outscoring opponents thirty six to thirteen um, during their win streak. I mean, it's not much. It's not much good to say about Oakland. Look, I know Mal. I know me and you. We love the first fives, but 
They, I gotta have Blackburn on the mound. That's that's rule number one. He has to be on the mound. Or it's a few other guys. Uh, Sears, I guess, is fine, but I don't like the matchup for him here. But any if it was anybody else, I would be like if there's anybody else they were playing other than Texas, I'd be on them first five. I can't take him right now in this matchup. Uh, they had two earned runs or less in uh, three of the last five. They've lost six of the last ten and are seventeen and thirty nine at home. Um, Scherzer. It looked shaky at first. He gave up the three early, uh, but he settled down and he shut the he shut the White Sox down. Um, Sears, like I said, he's been serviceable. If it was any other team, I'd probably be on him. But you know, outside of allowing the home run recently, you know, he's he's been fine. But I just like I think Texas' offense is just too good right now. So I'm gonna go with Texas and their team total to go over here. Well done, Jay. It's a good job I'm here, so I can take Oakland on the first five. Come on, this was dead easy. This was the template. Oakland first five. Shears was a little bit vulnerable, um, still settling into his new job. And I love uh, Sears. I think Oakland did us a job again last night against San Francisco. Um, yeah, they can get in front here. Texas do have seven, I believe it is now, multi-home run games in a row. Um, so if you want some uh, home run props, uh, go and find that on the Texas Rangers. But in the second half of the game, because Oakland are going to be in front in the first five, uh, Scott. I think I'm going to go with Texas run line here. I wanted to make a case for Oakland, but Texas has won six straight. They're playing very good baseball, uh, mostly at home, though, so I will acknowledge that they are only 500 on the road. Oakland, though, nice job over the weekend against the Giants. Nice job. But anyway, I'm going to go with Scherzer and the Rangers here. I just think at the end of the day, you still have the better starting pitcher on the mound, but it's mostly the head-to-head. The Rangers are 5-2 and two this season. All five wins by multiple runs. In fact, all five wins have been by three-plus runs. So a lot of the games that that Texas wins aren't close when these teams get together. I think Texas does enough offensively. You might see Oakland's bullpen blow it late. We've seen that before. But I'll go with Texas' run line. I just think, once again, they've done very well against this weak team, and they've won six straight. Seager being back in the lineup helps. They have a lot of weapons. We know that. I'll go with the Rangers' run line in this game. Okay, thanks, Scott. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 15 games in the books. Uh, Lock and dogs to come, and we will uh, we'll get Lonte to lead us off, please. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to give out my lock and dog because it's probably in one game. I like the I like the Cubbies a lot. Um, I'm going to do them as my lock on the money line. Um, they are <laughs> – I know Scott. I know you'll take the run line, so that'll be that'll be uh, you know half. And that half was that was my plan. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. pick. Okay, so yeah, but uh, they're twenty seven and twenty five on a run line in road games. They've covered seven out of the last ten, so that's a little feather in the cap for you. Uh, Carrasco, he's not got out of the fourth inning in three of his last four games. Twenty one earned runs in his last four starts. Um, the Cubs are twenty nine and twenty three on the run line as a favorite. Uh, I mean, I just think all signs point to. The Cubs like shelling the Mets. I don't. I don't think there's anything to look forward to or to make you want to bet on the Mets at all. I mean, the Kansas City series showed showed me all I needed to see. Um, Tyone two earned runs or less in four of his last five games. One earned run or less in three of his last four road games. So he's in good form. Um, I, I think Chicago buries him here. So I'm gonna go with Chicago as my as my lock. Um, as for my dog, I got to find one because I was going to go with two in the same game. So can you circle back to me, Mal, real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Of course we can. Uh, Scott? Yeah, so for my lock, I'm going to go with the over in the Braves and Pirates game. I thought about the first five, but yeah, to be honest, I'll just take the full game anyway. Pittsburgh's bullpen's not very good, and Atlantis has actually not been great. Uh, but I see nine and a half. Chirinos, I'm not a fan of. I mentioned it before, and he's not been good since joining Atlanta. And Keller, once again, I think it was a very fluky first half of the season for him. I don't think he's very good. The weather should support the over. I'll be on the over nine and a half uh, as my lock. And for the dog, I am going to go with the Cubs run line at around plus 116. Simply put, Cubs are the much better team. Uh, Tyone's been good lately for the past month. Carrasco is, once again, a pitching machine. He'd be very good in the home run derby, though. I think that might be his calling in a couple of years. But still, (laughs) I'm going to go with the Cubs. This team's been a freight train. I'm not going to step in front of them. And the Mets have nothing to play for. They've also lost, what, five straight, six straight? Give me the Cubs run line as my dog. 
I ain't going last because I feel obliged to change my picks when you two have <laughs> no, stolen I, I, my I can, picks. I can, I can go. Uh, I can go so you can, um, you know, if you need to look. Well, I'm getting in now in case so you can't steal another one. If you've, uh... <laughs> so for my luck, um, I'm going to take the under eight and a half at Minnesota versus Detroit. Um, I'm just going to wake up and check the scores to see which team won four three. Uh, dead straightforward on that one. Um, and for my dog, fuck it, Kansas City plus one sixty six. I think they're going to win tonight, Monday. They're also going to win tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. Brady Singh has been okay lately. I don't mind cutting Crawford at all, really. But Boston are wobbling a bit. Kansas City have been winning more games lately than they have all season. Uh, plus 166 is a big old price, so I'll take Kansas City. Uh, Lonty, I don't think you were going there anyway, were you? No, nah, no, nah, I wasn't. But I'm going to another bad team, though. I'm going to another bad team. I'm taking plus 180 with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, yeah, so... I mean, I don't love it. Listen, I don't love it, but it's just a swing at defense. I mean, they've had recent success against Milwaukee, and we know that Milwaukee is probably not going to score five runs. So they're going to have to win a low-scoring game. I think uh, it's going to be a you know a 2-1, uh, 3-2 type of game. I don't trust Freeland as much. He's been getting hit pretty hard. But again, Milwaukee hasn't shown uh, the ability to be able to hit consistently, well, hit well consistently. So I'm going to take plus 180 with Colorado, man. Let's go, Mal. Uh, and you people thought my pick was bad. Uh, <laughs> hold my BS as lucky. What, what, uh, what is that parlay pay? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Plenty. Uh, Wait, what is what, Which parlay? Colorado money line, Kansas City money line. Let me plus 180, plus 166. It's going to pay zero because they're both not winning. <laughs> <laughs> if you put $50 on, you win no dollars. Uh, easy. Yeah, what do we got? Uh, six, plus 600. Oh, mate. Or in other words, negative $50. So. <laughs> we'll see what happens, you know. Have a bit of faith, Scott. Um, well, we're going to buy Scott a SGPN shirt when we win, man. Um, Looking forward to it. You guys will have the money to spend. I'll take a free T-shirt. That's not a punishment. That's actually a reward in a way. <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, what's happening Monday night, boys? Anything fun before we go? Nah, man. We're just, I'm glad we can get this under 110, so we won't have to hear Munaf talk about us. <laughs> That is the what we got 107. I mean, we could try and drag it out. Me and Dylan are quite good. Me and Dylan are good. We're record time. Uh, well, little I mean, bit of Carl games, Lewis. 15 games in an hour seven, man. That's pretty good. 15 games in a, on a three man show, yeah. yeah. Me and Dylan did like 11 games in two men last night. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, Scott, what are you up to? Probably watching tennis. Big tennis tournament started in Canada today. So, I have some action. So, hopefully, that cashes. Uh, good times. Uh, I'm going to have an hour's baseball. Uh, and then get myself to bed. Um, yeah, I'll point you, repoint you in the direction of all the Premier League stuff. Uh, season starts on Friday. Um, 17 of the season previews are now out. Um, we have our million pound show tomorrow and then the pick show on Wednesday. So that is incredibly exciting. And like I say, Baz is in such good form. Um, it would pay you to tune in. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, thanks everyone in the chat for joining us. It was live and kicking. Um, in there as per usual. Good luck with all your baseball bets. Um, But until tomorrow, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.